Well, so, so good morning. Um, great to see you again. Um, you know, can, can I just say this? Six months ago, right? Six months ago, when I was regularly speaking to you, how many of you are thankful that that six months is over? And that our pastor, thank you, I want to say publicly, thank you, thank you, thank you, you and Kathy, for obeying what God said to you and for coming. Yes. Yes. Um, it, it, I am looking forward to the next 60 years, if, if the Lord tarries. Um, it has been a blessing and an honor to, to get this thing that we call church moving again, okay? Um, this morning, I, I, uh, I have um, something to share with you that I do, I, you know, I guess preachers are always guilty of saying, well, the Lord gave me something to tell you. Um, I guess we're always guilty of that, but I, can I say it one more time that I really just feel like God downloaded something. I told pastor when he asked me, um, what, you know, how, how this would flow out. I said, I really feel like I've already got the message. Um, and it, it just came right down into me. So would you believe with me that God will say what he wants to say and sort of get me out of the way? Is that okay with you? That, you know, because sometimes we can get in the way of what God wants to say. Okay, so I just want to step out of the way and, and let God say what he wants to say. Okay, so we've been talking about generous and, and this whole concept of, of, of the kingdom principle of being generous. Okay, now I want to back up just a minute. Those of us who have been in church for a while may recognize the name Stephen Curtis Chapman. Anybody recognize Okay, I've got some friends in the house, all right? Stephen Curtis Chapman wrote a song many years ago, and the title of it was God is God, and I am not. Right? God is God, and I am not. Now, listen, I don't know where he was when he wrote that song. I don't know what his thought process was. But when I heard that song for the very first time, I went immediately in my mind to Isaiah 55, verse 7. Very familiar passage of Scripture. Those of us who have been in the church a little while, we will know, you, you probably will be able to recite this with me, but I'm going to start right here. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Now, here's the point that I really feel like Stephen Curtis Chapman might have been thinking about. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Okay, so this isn't somebody's commentary on how God thinks about things. This isn't somebody's idea. Well, this is the, I think this is the way God is. This is God saying, look, I love you, but your thoughts, they're not really my thoughts. And, 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 and your ways, the way you do things, not really my way of doing things. 
For as the heavens are higher than the earth. So he's trying to picture this for people who are earthbound. He's trying to give you a mental image here. As the heaven, the clouds, the, the stuff are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is God. You got to do it or I'm going to. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is God. Thank you. I'm a school teacher, man. You can't take it out of me. And I am not. Tell your neighbor, I'm not. Say that one more time. I'm not God. What point am I trying to make here? Look, there are ways in the kingdom that have to be imparted to us because they're not our ways. They don't make sense to our mind. They don't, they don't make sense to our thinking. They don't make sense to the way we think life ought to happen. So they have to be imparted or downloaded into us at a very deep level. See, you can give mental assent to something that you don't really believe in. When you really believe something, it's somewhere deep down inside. And sometimes you're just like, I, I don't really know why I, I believe this. I just believe it. I start, I, I, over the years, I've thought about this. Why, God, why are your ways so much higher than ours? Why are your ways so much higher than ours? And, and he said to me, you know what, Adrian? Um, I know you think you're all that in sliced bread, but I'm omnipotent. That means I'm all-powerful. He's got big old guns, right? Do not laugh at my guns. I walk, I walk high school hallways. I'm a high school principal. I walk high school hallways all the time. And where's, is Jacob here yet? Oh, I have a lineman on my football team, and I walk by him and I say, yes, sir. Good to see you, sir. They are huge, right? He is omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. Can I tell you something? I am surrounded by some of the brightest people in the world. Listen, my kids will blow your mind how much they know. They are taking as high school juniors college-level classes and acing them. They are very intelligent. They're amazing. But God's on, he knows everything. He created the knowledge that those kids are learning. He knows everything. He's transcendent, meaning he's totally apart from this thing. And yet he's right here with us. He's pure. You know something that's pure is very valuable, right? The purer the gold, the more valuable. Roger knows about this. That's his industry. You know, that whole concept of purity, he's pure. He owns it all. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness there. Are you getting a picture of why his ways don't necessarily line up with mine? Because all those things, I'm not. I'm not all those things. He is. So what does it mean for us that he's all those things and his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than ours? What does that mean? But Roger, here's what I think it means. When we don't understand what's going on, we get to exercise a little faith. 
right? We get to say, Lord, I don't, I don't understand this, but I know that you know more than I know. I know that your ways are higher than mine. I know that your thoughts are higher than mine. So I can just rest and sit back here and say, okay, God, lead me and direct me when things aren't going the way I think they ought to go or the way I thought they were going to go when I started into this thing. I can rest saying, okay, God, I don't know, but I know you know. And I know your thoughts are higher than my thoughts and your ways are higher than my ways so I can rest and lean on that. I don't have to understand everything. I just got to know that your ways are higher than mine, your thoughts are higher than my thoughts, and I can rest in following what you tell me to do. And he's good. Now, um, Rush mentioned that he was hanging out with 50, 50 kids this weekend. Lisa and I looked at each other and said, Lisa, Lisa works with me at the high school. We looked at each other and said, 50? We got 1,850 every day. I need to take him with me for about a week. He'd be thankful for that 50. He'd be saying, glory to God. <laughs> Give me that 50. Right? So, so um, Lori and I, were, were, we were never privileged to have kids of our own. We think it's because we, we couldn't come up with a name. Because every time we'd come up with a name, I'd say, oh, no, I had one of them. We ain't naming it that. Right? I came up with the perfect name several years ago. I said, honey, let's call him Zerubbabel and we can call him Bubba. The next year I had a Bubba. But I've been around a lot of parents. A lot of parents. And here's what I've noticed about fathers, good fathers. They want the best for their kids. They will do amazing, sacrificial things for their kids. It's amazing to watch them. It's amazing to see what fathers will give up and mothers will give up so that their kids can have it better than they had it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You watched that before? Can I tell you something? Your thoughts are not his thoughts and your ways are not his ways. As good as you think you are, He's a better father. As good as you really are to your children, he's better. His thoughts are not your thoughts. His ways are not your ways. You with me? Point number one, say it. God is God and I am not. All right, let's move here. Hmm. Okay, I'll do it that way, Lord. Here we go. Deuteronomy eleven twenty six through 29. This is, this is when Moses is sort of setting things up. They've been through this journey. They've been through a little longer than six months, Pastor. You know, they were, they were a few years, 40 if, I believe, if I'm correct, 40 years of wandering around trying to find what? God's ways and God's plan and God's purposes and God's stuff, right? Moses comes to them and says, Behold, I set before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and the curse if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, 
but turn aside from the way. His ways are higher than our ways. The way which I command you today to go after other gods which you have not known. Okay? This, this formula is, um, it, it sounds really, really spiritual. I'm going to try to despiritualize it for you. This is what is known as a covenant. Okay? An agreement. A, a, a um, two parties getting together and saying, here's my part, here's your part. We're going to put those together and come up with something greater than what we can do separate. Here's my part, here's your part. We're going to put it together and do something that's greater. Okay, you follow me so far? Uh, we, have current, uh, we have current things like this. We call them contracts. We don't call them covenants anymore. Anybody own or rent a house or an apartment in the, in the place? Raise your hand. Some of y'all are homeless. God, help them. So when you do that, you sign a contract. And there are things in that contract that are part of the agreement. Anybody have utilities at that place? Right? You sign something saying, I agree to pay you this amount for that payment. You're going to do this. Any kids in the house? Ooh, let me borrow this. Anybody got one of these? Anybody ever downloaded an app? This is yes, this is no. Anybody ever downloaded an app? What do you have to press before that app gets downloaded? You ever, you ever, no, you just do it, don't you? There's a terms and conditions that you got to press I accept before that wonderful little app that's going to change your life gets downloaded into your magic device. Somebody put, just punched their husband and said, Honey, I need one of those for you. <clears throat> these, these concepts of contracts exist. We just don't pay attention to them. And we super spiritualize the Scripture sometime, and I don't think we need to. I think we need to read it for what it is. This is a contract that God's saying, Hey, here it is. Now, there are two terms here I want to investigate just a minute. This is one of them. I hope it is. Yes, it is. They are so fabulous. Okay? You know this word? Right? What does this word mean? Just shout something out. No wrong answers. Well, there are some. <laughs> huh? Rewarding? Goodness? Favor? Grace, good. All, all of these are examples of blessing. You know what blessing, when in the root term, the root term of this in the original language, Pastor, this is part that I started digging into, and I'm like, oh, this is really good. The root phrase here, now listen very carefully, is the ability to fulfill the original purpose of a thing. I'm going to say that again. The ability, the ability to fulfill the original purpose of a thing. Privileges, 
right. Now listen to the way one person uh, paraphrased this. To empower to succeed in a thing. How many of you would like to be empowered to succeed in the original purpose that you were created for? Right? Before the foundations of the earth, the Lord said, I think I'll make me a Ted. And that Ted is going to be created for this purpose. He's going to be a man of destiny and purpose. And here's his purpose. And I'm going to write it in the heavens. And as he grows and as he submits to me, I'm going to create the pathway that makes it possible for him to become him. That's the blessing I'm going to offer him. And he's going to find fulfillment. And he's going to find favor. And he's going to find grace. And he's going to find all of these blessings out of being a blessing. He's going to fulfill his original purpose. The Lord's blessing rests on those who are faithful to him. His blessings bring righteousness according to... um, Psalm 24, 3 through 5. It brings life according to Psalm 133, 3. It brings prosperity according... I'm going to read this one. Some of y'all don't believe this. You got a little... The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Salvation according to Psalm 3, 8. Listen. I set before you today the choice. Blessing. Or, what's this word mean? Bad? Doomed? I'm sorry, sorrow? Okay, what else? Huh? Bonder, dis. Okay. Now, I'm going to blow your mind a little more. All of those are the results of that. But that, what that word really means in the original is a lessening of what had existed or might have been. A lessening of what had existed or might have been. This is the potential of your life and the plan that God set forth for you. And this is anything that lessens that or causes it to not be fulfilled. That is a curse. Blessing and curse. Can, can I be honest with you? Part of, the, part of the journey for me was that I don't have a problem because of my framework understanding how a good father can give me a life of blessing. 
But I struggled with this until I discovered that it's not... Listen, Hollywood has taken this word, or our culture has taken this word, and made it wicked, right? Made it uh, a witch's brew, right? I'm going to boil a curse on you, right? It's not what the original language talks about. It just talks about less than the intended purpose or what might have been. This is the full purpose and beyond of what could be. Now, when I read a scripture, it's going to mess with your mind because when I read it until I studied this word, it, I just couldn't wrap my mind around it. Proverbs 3.33 says, The Lord's curse... The Lord's curse is upon the house of the wicked, the person who does not keep his law, but he blesses the home of the righteous. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked. He blesses the righteous. The Lord's curse. Less than all that. Less than the intended. All, listen. Do you understand how big his thoughts are about you? Do you understand how much more he wants for you than you're even currently living in? I don't care where you are. He has so much. Because remember, his ways are what? Than my ways and his thoughts are than mine. And I don't care where you are. He's got more for you than you currently believe. The Lord's curse brings up dryness according to Genesis 8.8. 8. It's a lessening according to uh, Exodus 21.12. It's a going down. It's a making little. This word means making little. The biggest example. Do you remember the story in the Old Testament where little David picks up five little stones? He's coming against a giant, nine foot, two inches tall, biggest some of my linemen. And he's got these five little stones. And they come together, and Goliath says... And, and the term is cursed him and said, I will feed you. How are you going to send a boy against a man? How are you going to come up in my grill with that little thing? I'm going to bust you, boy. That's the Adrian version. <laughs> and David said, you come at me with sword and spear and your curses. You come at me believing I am less than. I come at you believing I am more than. And brother, I'm fixing. Now, here, look, look, look. Here's the beauty of this whole story. I love it. He takes what God provides, and he does not kill Goliath with what God provided. He does not. He takes the stone, he puts it in a sling, and he goes, first projectile, boom, 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 boom. Hits Goliath in the forehead. It does not kill Goliath. The scripture is very plain. It does not kill Goliath. It knocks him down. And David walks up and says, How do you like me now? 
you're laying there like a dummy. Now watch this. Takes Goliath's own sword and says, Mmm. Whack! And cuts off his head with his own sword. The enemy's going to try to make you believe that less is okay. God is saying, please don't buy into that. Now, look, this, this hangs in my office. Uh, I don't have any kids in here that I've pointed this to because this generally gets pointed to the kids who are in my office for sometimes not so great things, Pastor. Okay? I hope you can see this. This hangs on my wall. Okay? And anytime I have a student come into my office who's struggling a little bit with something that they've done, can you read that? Right? It says, you are free to choose. You are free to choose. But you are not free from the consequences of that choice. See, for me... We absolutely are free to choose. And Moses said to everybody, I set before you today a blessing and a curse. And we are absolutely free to choose to be blessed or cursed. Remember, we're not talking about the wicked, evil, uh, Hollywood version of curse. We're talking about less than what God created and everything that God created, which is higher than our thoughts and higher than our ways. And Joshua comes to the end of his life. See, Joshua was the was the next you did say 1045 didn't you okay I'm sorry I I, so Joshua comes to the end of his life and he's looked at this group that he's led after Moses led and he's been with them a long time and he says in Joshua 24 15 but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your forefathers uh, served uh, beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Okay? We're, gonna, we're choosing because, listen, it is absolutely a choice. Are you going to live blessed? Are you going to live cursed? Are you going to live with all that God has in his mind about you, which is higher than your thoughts and higher than your ways? Are you going to choose to live less than what God wants for you? Now, I'm going to give you, I'm going to close this out. I'm going to give you an example of a blessing and a curse. And here's where we tie in. Here's where we tie in this whole generous thing, okay? Remember, blessing is more than 
curse is less than. More than, less than, and you get to choose. You get to choose. It's absolutely your choice. Malachi 3, verses 8 through 12. Will a man rob God? Now, God is, through the prophet, he is talking to the nation of Israel, okay? He's talking to a group of people who say, God is my God. Follow me so far. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but, but you say... In what way have we robbed you? Now, when I, was, when I was ruminating on this and thinking about it, can I tell you that that's a fair question? It's a fair question, really. Because think about this just a minute. Scripture is very plain that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And then when you read John the Revelator, he talks about streets of gold, and he talks about all sorts. God owns it all. Can, can I ask you something? How can you rob somebody? He, he don't, he's got it all. It all belongs to him. How do you rob him? How are you robbing God? He says, in tithes and offerings. Well, God, you don't really need my money. How is this robbery? We talked about six months ago when I, when I preached about the giving. I talked about these terms. How is this robbing? And I heard so clearly through another man. We are robbing God, the Father, of blessing us. We are robbing him of that privilege. Remember, we talked about every father I know. I've never been a father, but every father I know wants their child to have, wants their child to be blessed, wants their child. When this is... God is God, and he set it up this way. He said, here's the way I'm choosing to bless you. If you will give me first, if you will give me first. Now, look at this. We're going to skip verse 9 for just a minute. Look at verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this. Test me in this. Says the Lord of hosts. This isn't some commentary. This is the Lord speaking. He says, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there would not be room enough to receive it. Let's look at those just a minute. The blessing. He's going to open the windows of heaven. What does that mean? Well, I'm going to tell you something. I don't, I'm not, his ways are higher than my ways and his thoughts are higher than mine, but what I, what I take that to mean is everything I have need of and then some, Pastor, he's going to pour out to me. Whatever it is I have need of, he's going to provide. And then he's going to say, you know what, you've been so good and you've been working so hard to follow me. Here's a little more. I just, I just want to, Dad, you ever done that? I know your allowance is only, well, nowadays, I don't know. But uh, <clears throat> I know your allowance was $5 a week, $25 a week, $105 a week. I don't know. I got some crazy parents right now. 
I just, you've been so good and you've been so willing to do what I've asked you to do. Here's a little more. I'm going to provide that prom gown for you. I'm going to provide that, you know, what? I don't know. You wouldn't believe some of the things my parents, I got, I, can I take a side note? I got kids who drive brand new vehicles to school every day, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 BMWs. I'm like, oh, Jesus, help you, right? But anyway, Go to the next slide. I like this part too. God says, furthermore, the things that are trying to steal things from you, the things that are trying to destroy you, the things that are trying to eat away at what I've given you, yeah, I'm going to take care of them too. I'm going to rebuke the devourer for your sakes. So that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations, everybody's going to call you blessed. Everybody's just going to look at you and say, man, man. Now, see, people want to super spiritualize this and say, oh, well, that was the old covenant. Oh, no. Because Jesus talked about this in Matthew, and, and he's talking to people who did it sort of perfunctorily. They just did it. They didn't recognize that there's a blessing and a curse to be had. They just did it out of habit. And he said, you know what? You guys are a bunch of scalawags because you ought not to forget that, but you also need to remember that we need to be generous and have mercy and grace for those around us. Blessing and curse. Blessing and curse. The choice is absolute. This is just one example. Listen. You can choose to be generous in all of your life. One One way is with your finances. Or you can be stingy. Absolutely. You can absolutely be stingy. But you cannot get away from the consequences of that decision. You cannot say, well, that law of God doesn't apply to me. That law that God has set up, I don't get away from. You say, well, you know what? I'm not really tithing. I give when I feel like I'm, when I feel led to give. I'm not really doing it regularly and things are going okay for me. Okay. Live less than. Go ahead. If that's what you choose, isn't that, that that's your choice. As for me and my house, I, I'm, I'm going to set up over here. Can I let you all in a little secret? Um, I'm, I'm leaving the uh, principalship this year. Uh, I, I, I'm a little, I'm hesitant about it. I got to be honest with you, I've been around kids for the better part of 30 years. Um, I'm leaving that role and I'm becoming the director of personnel 
for the Cherokee County School District for middle and high school. And I, I had somebody, I had somebody ask me the other day, Pastor, said, well, what'd you do to get that? And I looked at him, and in all honesty, I said, I have no idea. He's, and, and I don't know where he is. I mean, I said, but I, all I can do is tell you this. I do the best I can every day to listen to what God tells me to do and to follow his principles in my life and live in the kingdom. And things just keep happening for me. And this guy said, well, I don't know what you're talking about. And he just started talking about the wrong that had been done to him time and time and time and time again. I said, I don't really understand that. All I know is this. Well, I don't really know about that. All I can tell you is this. Well, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. Look, I can feel it in the room right now. There's somebody in here who's saying, yeah, but you don't know my circumstance and you don't know my situation and you don't know what I've dealt with and financially I just cannot afford this and I can't do this and I can't do that and I can't do this and I can't do that and I can't and I can't and I can't and I can't. What I want to say to you is, Tithing and offerings is not a budget item. It's a choice. It's a choice to say, Lord, this is what I'm choosing. I don't know how this is going to work. Oh, can I just tell you something? When you're at that place where you don't know how something's going to work, that's an opportunity for God to begin to say, Hallelujah, you finally figured out that you don't have to understand everything. You can just rest in me and know that I'm going to work it out. Well, that makes no sense. Glory to God! It does not make sense to say to God, here, before I do anything else, here's 10%. One dollar out of every 10, I'm going to give back to you. It doesn't make sense. My ways are not your ways, neither are my thoughts your thoughts. It's absolutely your choice absolutely your choice but can I tell you something I would rather live in God's thoughts about me and all of his plans and provisions for me and all of his ways than I would trying to figure it out all by myself 
I would so much rather say, God, I don't know how you're going to meet this, but I'm choosing to honor you first and let you help me understand what to do. But see, the choice is absolutely ours. That's the beauty of what God set up. We can choose to live blessed or we can choose to live cursed. We can choose to live in His thoughts and intentions for us, all that He has for us, or we can live less. Absolutely. Father, thank You for Your wisdom, for Your knowledge, and for Your understanding that are so far higher than ours. And Lord, I pray that you would impart your truth to our hearts and that you would do, Lord, what only you can do and that is convince us of what you want to do. Father, your ways are higher than ours and your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And today we choose to listen to what you're saying to us in Jesus' name.